Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. 5G. Well, folks, as you all know, probably out there who are listening to this show, and if you, if you don't, you're implicated in the world anyway, 5G is uh, on track with many disruptions, which is probably a good thing as we look at, I guess, the precautionary principle. Is it being applied to this sort of technology? But around the world, uh, the, the idea is that this network of fifth-generation EMF uh, carrier radiation will create a, a, a new world and there will be something like 20,000 small satellites uh, that uh, 12,000 have been launched by SpaceX you'd be familiar with and the other by various other large companies but 5G has not been tested or has it where has it been tested has it not definitely not been tested on humans because it hasn't been rolled out yet and there are big concerns about EMF radiation and this new generation uh, basically looking at the, the wavelength of this radiation, the smaller, shorter millimeter, millimeter wavelength, and saying this is more dangerous. Let's just put it very simply right now. On my Friday show here, I had a couple of guests at the local 5G, anti-5G um, network, which was good. Um, there are so many issues to look at that we can only just take a bit of a, a scope with this show, I guess, on the meaning of it, and not so, not so much the, the good or bad of it, but uh, the meaning of it and how we may best approach this particular issue on the planet, because it is clearly a very big issue. It is going to be very transformative. What do you reckon, Steve? Where are we going to start with this? I think one of the problems with 5G is that it's very much still under development and mm. it's very complex technology. Mm. And uh, my impression, having done a, a relatively short uh, amount of research into the technology and how it's being rolled out, is that the early stages of rollout will be very much a part of the development process. And so we're not going to know exactly how it functions and its performance until they iron out the initial problems during rollout. And that also makes it difficult to know what the end result is actually going to be in mm. terms of how it will operate. Mm. Yes. Um, one of the concerns, obviously, is the proximity of these very small but very prolific, very everywhere, ubiquitous um, uh, stations which will, uh, which will send or update the signal in your neighbourhood, in the neighbourhood, and the satellites which will do the same for outlying regions, for regional areas and so forth across the globe. Um, the question is whether this form of radiation actually is as serious as some people claim. Uh, there's certainly been claims about uh, the effects on wildlife, and I've seen some of those reports. Again, we're not going to deal with all those today. Just going to point you to again, do your research, curiosity, doubt, good, uh, good places to start from with this. Uh, what's true? What's not true? This is the question, and the question about this new technology is: Do are these waves, are these uh, electromagnetic frequencies, more dangerous than other frequencies that we already use? And I guess that's a one question that that is interesting to me because it would appear that maybe not but other people will certainly claim that they are more serious what do we think Steve what do you reckon about this 
I think we don't have the answers yet, Nick. Mm. Uh, and I think that's, you know, the, if, you, if we could summarise this uh, short section of 5G, is it really comes down to we don't know. Uh, what we, we do know a little bit about how the technology is going to work. We know that there are going to be more uh, transmission towers. We're told that the power of the transmission emerging from these uh, small towers is going to be lower than the power that comes out of a, a 4G tower. Mm. Uh, but I also see that being contradicted in some articles online as well. Uh, certainly the scientific articles that I've looked at are saying that the transmission power is lower and, and it, it only it needs to be, it doesn't need to be as strong because there are more towers and the towers are closer together. Yeah. Uh, and the the science is or the scientific papers I've looked at are telling us that there is a greater radiation hazard from your handset, your yeah. actual phone being held to your ear, than there is from those transmission towers. Yeah, so phone radiation is interesting. The phone next to your head, if you're using it next to your head, is transmitting at a maximum of about uh, 200 milliwatts, which is 23 dBm for those who understand those terminologies. That is at least 10,000 times more than the signal received from a tower. These are obviously 4G towers at the moment, but nevertheless, 10,000 times, if you put your phone next to your head, as opposed to the tower, there's one right next to BFM here, uh, that we'd be receiving some EMF radiation from, as we do from the sun and from the cosmos, of course, various forms of radiation. But typical transmission power values of phones are a lot lower. The base station at the tower controls the power of the phone. It sets phone transmission power to a level so that all phone signals are received at approximately the same strength. And the point being though, that the power of phone transmissions has gone down since the first generations of mobile communication in GSM phones uh, were allowed to transmit up to one and even two watts. You may remember that 20 years ago, the typical heavy user was holding the phone against the head and making voice calls all the time. With today's smartphones, a typical user does hardly make a phone call anymore and instead is holding the phone about a meter away from the face for screen interaction. Of course, if you hold it that far away, it significantly decreases the, the amount of EMF radiation you're getting into your, into your head. And of course, it also depends on the thickness of your skull. This is also fairly good science. Uh, that if you're, a, if you're a small child under five years old, the thickness of your skull is actually about half a millimetre. By 10 years old, it's one millimetre. As an adult, it's two millimetres. And according to some diagrams that we've seen in front of us, mobile phones uh, uh, manage to, obviously, through that thinner skull of a younger child, if you hold that phone or you get radiation close to you, much more dangerous and much more likely to enter the brain so that seems to be likely to be true and this could have evolutionary implications because it means that people with thicker skulls might survive <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking folks yes. well i mean does it have because i mentioned this off air earlier today when we were discussing what we were talking about today does it have implications in terms of our and uh, we've talked about um and this is a big this is a bit of a junk folks folks but we're in the last half hour here um we've talked about on this show the light body the human light body the the body that is not physical and the these beginning of uh, deeper understanding and experience and people who are working on the activation of the light body. And I do wonder whether the EMF networks, as they are becoming more and more sophisticated and, uh, and ubiquitous on the planet, uh, either contradict that light body or perhaps in some bizarre way may support the um, the activation of that body. I mean, this is a complete extrapolation here, and it's my idea, no one else's, and it's probably bunk. But I do wonder if this is the technology that we are evolving on the planet, whether we like it or not, if we can do it uh, 
from a different layer and not the the layer five that we've been talking about today from the, the modern year, if we can do it from a different place, perhaps there is a supportive way that this can be implemented somehow. I think that's quite possibly bunk, Nick. Uh, but I, but I, the truth is, I don't really know. I don't have the answer. I'm to sure. That. I'm sure it's bunk. And what, most people what, won't want to hear that. Because, no. What, yeah. what I would say though is that it seems uh, interesting to, if you look at the development of our technology and consider it as training wheels for the development of innate capacities, right? And so, hmm. if we look at the evolutionary transition that's going on at the moment for humanity from the modern scientific industrial human to the postmodern humanistic networked human what's clear is that the the hardware technology seems to be preempting the way of being that's going to emerge out of it right and if it wasn't if it wasn't for our connective technology at the moment we wouldn't actually I, I venture to say we wouldn't be in this paradigm shift because it's the complexity created by the connected technology that is driving us to change the way that we are. And as we move into a new way of being human, that way of being human is very much about connecting deeply human to human, Mm. not via technology, Mm. uh, although technology plays a role. And it's like the technology design has preempted what's emerging in us innately. Mm. And And I think if we look forward over the next couple of paradigm shifts, this move that we see now to try and immerse the entire world in this radiating technology could be seen as training wheels for the emergence of what Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, the, the Jesuit priest, called the emergence of a global mind, mm, the noosphere, yeah? which, which in his reckoning and in my reckoning won't be artificial radiated stuff it'll be stuff that happens through yeah, us yeah. Through, through our, our uh, material well, being. well of course Terence McKenna used to say exactly this uh, I wish I could remember his exact quote that that technology was a, a, like an exoskeleton so yes, to speak yeah. an externalization as you're saying of yeah. those innate capabilities that we're just beginning to rediscover things like telepathy you could say are an advanced form of that connectivity without the technology yes and uh, I think that's a really good way of looking at this. But we're a bit of, we're a, a, a little way away from this, of course. We do have to go through uh, this process of uh, of this the rollout of these kind of technologies, which are still coming from the old paradigm. So there has to be questions about that, and that I think that's a sensible place to go, independent of health hazards, yes or no, which I think the jury is out on that. And uh, I'm happy to receive anything about this. I'm I'm certainly not someone who wants to have 5G, by the way, folks. But I'm I. Have, I think we, we're trying to determine what is actually real here for, for us, what's valuable and what is actually uh, you know, honest and sensible and what is actually you know, fake news about stuff because in that reaction to these paradigm shifts, a lot of people, of course, will, out of fear, will go you know, to all lengths to try and prove that things are, are not good for us yeah. and that's not necessarily the best and most intelligent way to go about this. No, a couple of things come to mind for me. The, the first thing is that the, the science of uh, the radiation of electromagnetic waves is that the power of the transmission drops off fairly radically with distance. So you don't have to be too far away from an even strong transmitting tower to be in a relatively safe zone of transmission according to the science that's uh, existing at the moment. And it's it's uh, something that, you know the mathematics of it in an un- unobstructed signal it's something like a, a, uh, it's in a, the um, power drops away 
uh, in relative to the, the square of the distance. Mm, inverse yeah. proportion. That's yeah, right. ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and if if the 4G, the current 4G system was really that bad, and I mean, you think about how many people are walking around spending much of their day with their phone to their ear, particularly in sort of high intensity jobs where they're you know buying and selling stuff and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If it was really that bad, then we would all know a whole bunch of people who were having health problems from it. Mm. And, and, you know, I can't think of anybody that I know at the moment that has a, a, a head-based cancer, for example, from holding their phone. Though I do will we'll point to a Daily Mail from the UK. It's a yeah. Daily Mail, but yeah. it's a Murdoch paper, no doubt, uh, from uh, last month. A cell phone tower has been shut down at an elementary school after eight kids have been diagnosed with cancer in mysterious cluster. And uh, the key points here, um, they're all under the age of 10. These kids, they each have different types of cancer, brain, kidney, liver, and lymphoma. There's scant evidence that cell phone towers pose a real risk to humans. However, even skeptics say the number of cases in this cluster is unusual. Sprint, which owns the tower, has shut it down despite insisting the radio frequency levels are 100 times below the federal limit. And a private investigator for the patient's mums found the levels were higher than reported, which is... uh, you know, as we said before, whatever whatever figures uh, fit the uh, the story, then they can be found one yeah. way or the other. Yeah, and it's encouraging to see that the uh, tower operator actually shut it down. I think yeah. in that case, which they which did. is you know quite good. Yeah. I think uh, without knowing the you know having any scientific proof of whether it was causing the issue or not, they've shut it down, which is wonderful. And that's more uh, you know the kind of thing I'd like to see is uh, that sort of preemptive, careful approach. And one of the, the downsides to the way that 5G is being rolled out is that, like most things in the scientific industrial era, it's being driven by this you know, desire to make money. And uh, the, you know, the, the desire of people who are rolling out the technology, the, their desire to make money is being aligned as best as possible with people's need for faster internet, mm-hmm. you know, the desire for faster internet to kind of justify it. Uh, but at the end of the day, what we need is a system that puts people first and safety first and health first. And so if there is any doubt and, and you know, we can't prove that it's safe, then it really should be delayed until we can prove it's safe. I mean, that, that would be an ideal solution. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are major people involved in the in encountering the, uh, the unmitigated rollout of 5G, including uh, a barrister named Raymond Broomhall, who's rather interesting. You know, it's important that these kind of uh, people, he works with Michael Kirby's um, uh, rooms down in, in Victoria, I gather, and although he's working here in Perth, I'm just looking at the, at the article, um, how best to, uh, to utilise Australia's government legal systems in the people's fight against the telecommunic- telecommunication industry and the 5G system. And what he's done is actually to do with with um, health and safety. I'm just actually, you've got that piece there, haven't you? I can't find that particular piece. You yeah, sent I've this got one. it here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, this uh, barrister Ray Broomhall was involved in the fight uh, against the Wilson's Creek Tower, right, in our local area here. Yes. Hello, and Steve Tonaguzzo, if you're listening out there. And he's, he was also involved in another legal case in Sydney around the Coogee Randwick area, where they were fighting TPG about the installation of 5G uh, systems there. And uh, basically what he's done is he's found a loophole in the legal system whereby if a claimant can obtain medical advice, written medical advice, that electromagnetic emissions may be harmful to their health, Mm. 
the the problem it raises for the telco companies is that they are not health experts they don't give medical advice mm. and if there is professional um, evidence in writing that okay this is a threat to someone's health then if they go ahead and construct the tower in legal terms it can it can be defined as an assault yeah. on a person's yeah. uh, safety yes right? interesting uh, which which it's obviously has huge legal implications and as i understand it this is how ray has managed to win a couple of cases including yep. the wilson's creek case yes. he's, he's got medical advice so he's found a doctor that's prepared to, to has that has looked at the science and prepared to write and say look this is uh, going to harm people's health and then the uh, the telco companies have got no choice then but to back off because otherwise they, they make themselves liable for uh, what is legally classed as an assault. Indeed. Yeah, a um, yeah. couple of texts here relevant. People need to move away from thinking radiation as a bad word. All life on this planet is here due to radiation. That's very true. And to, you know, a simple example that I raced with uh, Nick over coffee this morning is if you go out on a hot summer's day in Australia and you sit in the sun unprotected for eight hours, you're going to be badly damaged. Mm. Okay, mm. So that straight away is going to be way more harmful than going and sitting next to a, a 4G tower just you know, in, a, in terms of or its a immediate... Or a 5G tower. Yeah. Or a 5G tower mm. in, in terms of its immediate response. So it's good to keep those things in mind. And the, the, the threat posed by both solar radiation and cosmic radiation, in other words, cosmic rays coming from other stars in space, is actually... Um, bigger, you know, I would suggest than anything from our current phone networks at least. Mm. Second text here, 5G is sounding very similar to when the people that smoked tobacco in clubs and pubs, etc., had more rights than the non-smokers. It was simply forced onto non-smokers. Yeah. Fair analogy? That's a classic outcome of the modern scientific scientific industrial way is, uh, you know, whoever's got the money drives the agenda basically it's what it comes down to and people come people who don't have money come second it's as simple as that and on that note actually for those who are interested in this topic and i know many of you are a very interesting article i came across it's quite deep so i'm not going to go into it too much today comes from a website called rhizomatica which is r-h-i-z-o-m-a-t-i-c-a dot org and uh, a, a the general coordinator of that site is a guy called Peter Bloom and he talks a lot about the financial uh, sets aside all the health uh, concerns if it doesn't even mention them I don't think in this article but really looks at the technology and he's an insider and uh, claims among other things well the, the, the thing that really struck me is this phrase he says what I was struck by, says he, when he was at the 2018 Mobile World uh, Conference called GSMA, which is to do with all of this uh, mobile uh, technology and EMF technology, um, he was struck and worried even by the change in discourse from connecting people to connecting things. And I thought that was very interesting, given we're talking about this movement into the connecting people era, Yes. that on the other hand, the technology is still stuck back in that uh, that expression of yeah. the previous era of let's connect things up, even though Facebook and the social media always say, well, let's connect people, that's our purview, that's what we're going to do. Well, in the end, it's turned out to be a purely financial sort of marketing venture, really, you can argue. Yeah, and what we're calling the previous era here is actually still the dominant yeah. paradigm globally. Re- it's just that we're in transition, right? Yeah. So, so things are dominantly 
driven by individually oriented technology, which is by nature disconnecting. And even the, the internet and all of the social media, although it gives us access to people all, all over the world, ultimately it's disconnecting us from human to human contact. Yeah. And that's because it's come out of a, an era and a mindset mm. that is all about disconnection mm. you know, and going, going deeply in narrow spaces. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, amazing. Now, from this piece from Peter Bloom, I'll just read a short part here. Um, yeah, uh, yes, um, everything being connected. Uh, the makers of these networking chips in this technology, 5G technology, and all the associated, as Steve said earlier, it's a very complex technology. There are many pieces to it. But the makers of these networking chips are companies like Qualcomm, Intel, Broadcom, and Samsung. These are huge companies and they know how to throw their weight around. The point being, when they set their mind to it, they are able to spur industry-wide changes to benefit their bottom line. There was a ton of hype around 5G because it creates more business for the whole supply chain, but the apex predators remain the chipset manuf manufacturers for now. I think that's interesting, that yeah. we have to remember that that's to follow the money, that old equation. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the comp the technology has many parts. I mean, you mentioned the the smaller wavelength yeah. and uh, these these millimeter length waves allow you to stack more data onto a, a transmission. Uh, so that's why they're using that. You've got the small cell arrangement where we've got smaller towers packed closer together. Mm. Uh, you've got what they call um, massive MIMO, which is multiple input, multiple output. Um, and something called beam forming, which is yeah. is concerning because um, you know, I saw a, in one mm -hmm. of the papers I read, I saw an image of these small towers in an urban environment and the way that they're designed to be very, very smart and sometimes they'll intentionally bounce mm -hmm. signals off other buildings you know, in confined spaces in order to reach dead spots and those sorts of things. Yep. Uh, and this obviously from a technical point of view is seen as an improvement because you get better coverage. You've got uh, much faster downloads because of the millimeter wavelength and the more data it can carry. So I think if I remember rightly, I saw in one of the things I read that it might take you five or six minutes on 4G to download a, a HD movie now and it, it could take- One second. Five, yeah, exactly. It can take one second, much, possibly. Much, mm. much, much faster. Mm. Uh, there's this thing called beam forming, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is potentially um, a concern, mm. and that is that the technology will have the power to address signals and focus them very sort of intensively on an individual device. Uh, and so the, the antenna can reconfigure itself without, not in a hardware, but in a software way, reconfigure itself uh, to transmit in such a way that instead of creating a, a broad beam, it, it narrows the beam right down like a torchlight yeah, or a spotlight right. uh, to direct signals in a very particular place. Um, and uh, as we know now, I mean, these days, almost everything has been weaponized. Uh, when you know, look at the, the superpowers and what goes on and, and the stuff that goes on that doesn't fit the old definition of what war is. You know, it's not soldiers digging holes and firing things at each other, but it's creating conflict in, in ways that are very subtle and, yeah. and hard to see sometimes. And we know for a fact that the 4G telephone network has been instrumental in modern warfare. Uh, the location signals which, uh, which come out of a 
mobile phone have been used for drone targeting. Yep. Very, very clear about that. Yes. And we can be guaranteed that while the dominant paradigm is still dominant. the modern scientific industrial uh, way of thinking, then whatever is available is going to be used to progress those sorts of agendas. And yes. so uh, I'm certain that the 5G technology will provide more detailed targeting advice for military style use and also um, there are questions around exactly what it could be used for if they wanted to target you know a, a society a group or even just a single individual on mm. the 5g network uh, through transmitting something out yeah. that in a very focused way um, mm. that could could have a number of you know different impacts I mean it might not be about the direct impact of the electromagnetic transmission from the tower it might be about what your phone does you know, for example, uh, maybe they could take control of your phone and make it transmit a harmful mm. frequency or yeah. a harmful sort of sound and those sorts of things. I'm pretty confident that sort of technology exists already. Mm. Well, I think so. And I think it also indicates that we are entering the era of frequency, vibration, uh, and these and resonance. And, and in the beginning, again, it's going to be, a, with the dominant paradigm still dominant, uh, it's going to be utilised and, and uh, misused in various ways potentially, and that's the danger. But I think the, the trend, the, the general direction we're moving on is uh, is a good one, and that is towards you know, that, that vibration, frequency, resonance, these kind of concepts become, in a sense, understood as the, as the core foundation of life itself perhaps that's, that's true they say physics is the new medicine and physics is the new medicine it's like yeah, very much about quick resonance. text here five is if 5g frequencies are dangerous why not infrared which are of much higher frequency and uh, and true you can't have too much infrared or x-rays for that for that reason all that is true but in small doses supposedly these uh, these frequencies are okay or useful and healing at times yeah and unfortunately it seems that because the technology itself is changing you know it seems to be changing even up to the point when they're starting to roll it out they i think they're going to be tweaking and changing things so it's very hard to 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 do a scientific study on the impact of it you know until it actually is rolled mm. out mm. yeah you're tuned to future sense with nick jeans and steve mcdonald engage emerge activate and spiral up Last few minutes of Future Sense here's 10.54 here with Steve and Nick. And as I said, uh, Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond coming up very shortly here on BayFM. Let's uh, summarise a little bit about what we've uh, just been talking about. Yeah, I think at this point it's very difficult to discern uh, what the threat is. And indeed, you know, if there is a significant threat from 5G technology, certainly we can see a number of areas where there is a potential threat, but mm. we, there doesn't seem to have been uh, you know, any collection of detailed scientific studies and that's made problematic by the fact that the technology itself has been shifting and changing in mm -hmm. terms of how it will operate and uh, it looks to me like even up to the point where they're starting to roll it out they're still going to be testing and changing things you know in terms of how the technology works mm -hmm. we can say that uh, we've identified uh, what looks like a couple of cases here legal cases here in Australia yes. where a successful mm -hmm. uh, uh, block has been uh, erected a legal mm. block to the construction of transmission towers in mm. communities, including one in our local area here in the Bonshire. Wilson's Creek, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's it's comforting to know that that there is a legal loophole there, which uh, you know, if a community is concerned, that they can uh, take advantage of. And this is really an ongoing conversation, and mm. we'll be looking 
for results from areas where the technology is being rolled out early to and and we'll be reporting back to you and, and making this an ongoing conversation absolutely and any information that you do have please you can send to us i get a lot of this myself uh, you can email me actually i'm quite happy for you to do that nickjeans at gmail.com with any information which we'll, we'll use. And as I said, we can, you can always text when uh, people are talking on uh, shows about uh, these kind of issues on our text line, 0437341119. It is a big thing. As I said a little while ago, personally, I'm not particularly enamored by 5G, but I also feel that the resistance to it is quite young and adolescent at the moment. It's not really a criticism. It's just like it needs to mature to really find where the issues are and how to really address and to face uh, this, um, you know, this digital and uh, electronic ecosystem that has been put in place uh, on, over and around the planet. And that itself is a fascinating thing as we enter this very amazing period that we are, well, we are in this amazing period of transformation right now. And somehow this is part of it. Good, bad or indifferent, we don't absolutely know. But do your own research. We like to encourage everybody here, do your own research find out what works for you, uh, wade through uh, all the information we talked about before. I personally find it very in, very easy or relatively easy these days or easier to use really a sense of intuition when it comes to information that's out there, all sorts of stuff in front of me. What actually feels that you're drawn to that doesn't just support your point of view? What is it that you can see some other angle that you may not have looked at before? Don't be closed to what doesn't agree with you. Have a good look. Yeah. Okay, bye. Thanks. See See you next week. Cheers. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.